Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to bluenile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at bluenile.com for $50 off your purchase. bluenile.com code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Cow Corner Extra Show with me, the Dolly Dropper, James Hurl, Ian Slat Slater, Ian Alderson, and Ollie Griffiths for your latest dose of all things lower league Shropshire cricket. And welcome back to another episode of the Cow Corner Extra Show. And it's the big one. We're here once again. It doesn't seem like yesterday since we did the season review because it probably isn't. And <laughs> <laughs> we're back again. Once again, my name is James Hurl, and I am joined by our Cow Corner Extra Regulars. We've got Ollie Griffiths, Ian Alderson, and Ian Slater. How are we, guys? Well, Don't all speak at once. After <laughs> 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 you, Claude. <laughs> I was waiting for Slats to talk first. He's the only one. <laughs> usually, oh, no, 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 no. You always usually talk first. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, very good. Thank you, James. Um, good to be uh, recording another pod. I'm looking forward to it. Yep, I'm me. It's lovely to be back. Uh, so close to the cricket season as well. You know, knock the rust off the bat and everything. So that's good. Not the dust off the books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And off his and off his forward defensive probably. <laughs> um, yeah, looking looking forward to it. Fantastic champion at the bit, and obviously because we also start away at Corvdale uh, this year, so that'll be good. Oh, lovely. What a start to the season. Ian versus Ian, extra versus extra show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the cow corner derby. There we go. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. If it's not rained off, let's be honest. Um, so a new season's upon us, but you can still get in contact with us and interact with us the same way. You can contact us via Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at tagging at cow corner podcast on Instagram and Facebook and at tag cow corner pod on Twitter or use the hashtag cow corner or cow corner extra. So no sooner had the uh, season review finished, but we're here with the preseason preview and with it, another Shropshire County cricket league season comes new rules and changes. So Ollie slats, I think it's only right that I let you guys talk us through them. Excellent. Okay. Well, um, I think the biggest change for this year, James, is start times. I think there's been a little bit of common sense applied um, in terms of start times that um, 
the 12 o'clock start doesn't suit all divisions and all formats of the game in terms of overs. So, um, yeah, big changes there. Obviously, the, the guys that still play 50 overs, so Prem and I think Division 1, will play, will start at um, 12 o'clock still. But then, obviously, the, t- the sides that play 45 overs, so that's Divisions 2 and 3, from memory, it might be Division 1 as well, possibly, don't know. They'll play, they'll start at 12.30, and then the guys that are playing 40 overs uh, will all be at 1 o'clock starts. And again, I think the, the, the common sense bit is the onus is on the captains to make sure they're getting their overs bowled in a reasonable amount of time, you know, to, to get the games finished at a reasonable amount of time. But we've got to start stupidly early to do that. So something that we brought up on the last podcast, one o'clock starts, general thoughts around the podcast, everyone kind of happy with that? Personally, I'm, I'm quite happy with it um, from, a, from a personal point of view and a view where it makes sense for... I know I know people want to finish sooner, but people can't necessarily start sooner all the time. So I think it's that it's that one o'clock is that mix. You know, we used to start two o'clock, so one o'clock is is fair enough. Gives people time to have some lunch before they play cricket as well. Otherwise, people are going on till four o'clock before they're actually getting something to eat. So it just gives people that chance to have something to eat at twelve o'clock, start cricket at one um, in the lower divisions, um, which are the more sort of. Uh, recreational and social divisions and and yeah. that's great and and the more the more professional people the professional players that want you know that play in the high divisions they'll start 12 and you know and they'll play a lot more overs so they will all hopefully finish at the same time across the divisions yeah and the other thing uh cricket tees yeah this year um the league have obviously decided um Again, on the back of thinking the decision was made when COVID was still around, there were still some restrictions in place. Obviously, the restrictions have all gone. Um, so the league have decided that there is no mandate to provide tees. Um, however, there is no reason that clubs can't provide tees if they so wish, um, whether they have an arrangement with whichever teams they're playing. And, you know, half the season they do some tees and the other half they don't. You know, it's down to clubs now. If they want to provide tees, they can. And I know... Certainly, I'm going to try and do some at our club, and and hopefully, with the with the agreement of the opposition, we'll uh, have a sort of a, an agreement where we provide tees at our place and they'll do it at their place. But uh, yeah, uh, do, do you think do you think that the will you offer it to most teams or just teams that you have a good kind of relationship with? Um, well, if anyone wants to have tees with you know wants to provide tees, then we're keen. We we do it. We'd be happy to do it all season. Um, I don't think. Every team in the divisions will want to do that, so I will speak to. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm I'm aware of which teams wanted to have tees and which didn't um, on the on the questionnaire. So I will approach those teams first. And if there are any other teams that want to want to have a, an agreement with us, then we'd be happy to. And I, and I and I personally would encourage any team to do that. You know, if they want if they do want to have tees, you know, approach the other teams in your division because. For me, it's all part and parcel of a, an afternoon at the cricket is sitting down together and having your teas. Yeah. yeah do, you th- do you think that there'll be more take-up in the lower divisions or do you think it'll be a mix across the league? I think it'll just be a mix across the league. Um, I think there's there's appetite right up and down the league for teas, but in some divisions, there are, lots, there are teams that don't want it. And that, I think that, again, I think that goes right up and down the league. So I think it's on, on club preference, really. So, it, yeah. I think, I think it's also a situational thing as well, Ollie, in terms of, you know, 
some clubs, when they had teas before, were having to buy them in because they hadn't got the facilities to do them or they hadn't got the personnel to make them. Um, and then other clubs, you know, had plenty of tea ladies, tea people who would get involved and do it. And it was, you know, part of the club thing. It's, you know, I, don't, I think it's, it's, it's like same again, it's not a one-size-fits-all scenario, is it? I mean, and I think that's probably the, the advantage of the not being a mandate to do teas is that, but you can do teas, is that the clubs that can and enjoy teas will do them and the clubs that find it difficult, you know, for, for, for genuine reasons, then they don't have to. Um, and what works best for each club is what works best for each club at the end of the day. Yeah. The next one is win, lose, draw, win, lose this year. Um, yeah, I think basically um, rather than have that split across the season, so you start off in one format, then jump into another format and then jump back to the original format, uh, we kind of made it a bit, bit it's, it's, it's a bit easier this year. Now, you know, um, it's driven a little bit by the Birmingham League in that um, uh, they will be the, the playoffs at the end of the season for the team that wins the Premier Division uh, will be win-lose this year instead of win-lose-draw. So it was thought that actually we should play win-lose-draw at the end of the season to allow those teams to be acclimatised to that before they go into the playoffs, whoever that team is. And therefore, across the whole divisions, then it makes sense to play win-lose-draw at the start and then finish with win-lose. And it's a 50-50 split right down the middle, um, which is the same as it was in previous years. It's just that it's actually all in one hit now, as opposed to um, being split up uh, into different formats. So you don't have to wake up on a Saturday morning as a, as a skipper and think, right, which format are we playing today? How many bowlers have I got to use? <laughs> what are their quotas, etc.? You'll know you're playing half the season, win, lose, draw, and half the season, win, lose. Straightforward. Yeah. Another thing is uh, the COVID rule for this season. So obviously teams who have n a number of COVID-stricken players, it won't be called off and just a concession uh, this year rather than a game that can be replayed. Yeah. And the other thing is um, there are no scorer points anymore. Thoughts on that, Ian? Um, I, I think the... Um, shut up, Slat, it's my go. Um, <laughs> I think that the uh, the scorer point is a, is a bad thing um, for going forward for cricket. Um, you know, it, encourage, it was encouraging for people to um, have a scorer and to actually get somebody to score uh, the game. I thought it was a good thing, you know, that more people got involved with the scoring. Um, so I think I think in the long term that'll be a bad thing. I I, I get your I get your 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 um your point, Ian, and and to a large extent I agree with it. Um, however, there was a great discussion around this, a very great discussion, um, and it was pointed out that with the umpires' point, which has been around for a long time, and the scorers' point, some clubs were. False, you know, it's, that's two wins across the six, 44 points potentially. Um, and some teams were yeah. ending up in, in, a, in a place that they shouldn't have been and either um, not getting relegated when they perhaps should have been or getting promoted when they shouldn't have been and, you know, sort of putting them into a, into a place where the cricket wasn't the right standard for them based on solely on um, umpires' points and scorers' points. So what was decided, and it hasn't been decided what yet, is that um, the, the league are going to look at something to try and encourage scorers going forward, um, but it won't be a point. 
So they are they are they are conscious that they they still want to reward scorers, but they're just it's got to be discussed exactly how they're going to do that. So just just watch this space really on that one. Yeah. What would uh, uh, what would you say is would be a, a good reward, Ian, being someone who's not on the committee? <laughs> Um, I, I don't, I don't know because, well, I hadn't really thought about that, but I, you know, I just thought it was disappointing when for one season, uh, they, they'd given the scorers a point. So some clubs went out, every club could have gone out and got a scorer through a course to get a point. And, you know, uh, at the end of the season, they, it, it's just been removed. Um, you know, when people have, you know, gone and done the course, um, for some for some clubs, um, and and like I said, I think it's good that people do. Uh, you know, we're scoring games. But Ian, on that point, that is that person just scoring because they're getting a point for the game, or they're scoring for the love of cricket and actually because they want to be part of the club. Because that's really the crux of it. Is and even when you have umpires, you shouldn't have umpires because they're just getting you a point. They should be up wanting to do it. Your umpire, for instance, if there was no point involved. He'd still come an umpire every week, wouldn't he? Yes, he would, and I think our yeah. scorer would as well. And I think he's going to this year. He's a he's a player who um, enjoys that, scoring, and yeah. you know wants to be part of the club. He wouldn't be in the eleven normally, you yeah. know. And you know he, he wanted to be a part. The point is, yeah. is that having people influencing the number of points that a, that a team has when they're actually off the field, they're not part of the game in terms of you know taking wickets, scoring runs, that sort of thing. They're scoring the game. And as Ollie said earlier on, you know, you've got two points a game potentially, which is giving a false false reading in the league tables, potentially. And I think it's 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 about finding that balance. Yeah, absolutely. Clubs should be encouraged to go out and get scorers, but it shouldn't be because it's a point every week. It should be getting somebody involved in the club and for the love of the game, as opposed to, I'll oh, get a point for, for the team every week. That that wasn't ever the reason behind it. No, but had had I think it, it encourages people, doesn't it? I think it's a, it's a good way to get people involved and that people who may not think that they enjoy it into oh, actually, I actually quite enjoy this. For, like I I I did the umpire's course because I knew that it could help get a point for the Sunday team on a. On a, on a Sunday, and if I was injured, which happens quite a lot, <laughs> I can I can do that on a Saturday as well, which also kind of helps. So who knows? Yeah, I mean, just, think, to, just to come into Ian's point there, um, you know, had it have been for another season, more clubs I think would have realised it was here to stay and perhaps got a scorer. You know, so as it was the norm for clubs to have scorers. And, and get in a point. So as everybody was in that position. So, Ian, I completely agree with you. To have a scorer when you're playing cricket is, is a godsend because we've all been there. We've all got, oh, I can't score. That, that so-and-so can't score. So you, you've got to go and do square legs so so-and-so can come back and, um, and do the scorebook. And it is a massive pain. But I also see the other side of it. I, I, I was in favour of keeping the, the scorer's point initially, but my view has probably changed. Um if you look at Division 4 last year, there was less than 40 points between 4th place and 11th place. Yeah. Um, you know, if you, so if you, you know, if, if one of those teams that didn't get any extra points had got some points from, uh, had had a, a, an umpire and a score all year, 
know, it would have massively changed that division. So I think, I think, like, like I said, I think the league are going to try and look at something where there will be some sort of, I don't know what it'd be, whether it's financial benefit or, I don't know, I can't really say because it hasn't been properly discussed, but they, they are going to look at some sort of encouragement, some some scheme or something where it will encourage scorers into the game of cricket um, because hopefully they want to score, not just because you know, it's of the benefit of the club. Perhaps you could, um, perhaps you could have a point a game for an umpire and a scorer. Maybe, maybe. maybe. But then again, it's all it's down to volunteers, and not every club is, is flush with volunteers, and it's probably going to something like that potentially would favour the bigger clubs because there's more people. Again, True. so True. bigger clubs get bigger. Anyway, interesting debate, and I'm pretty sure you can get involved with it in the socials and. Uh, Send us a message or, and we'll, we can take it up during the seasons, bring, bring this up later on. But anyway, just before we go on to the pre-season previews, there's one final thing that we need to address and that's the loan rule. Yeah, so the loan rule. So I think as people will remember, there was, a, there was an under-18s loan rule last year. Um, originally it was meant to have been in the season before, but due to COVID it was shelved. Um, so they trialled it again last year. It was quite underused. I think there was only three teams that used it. Um, Calver Hall were one of those three teams that used it. Um, you know, we found it very useful. Um, we brought in a young lad from from Coton who wasn't playing that weekend, and and it helped. It helped just boost our our team up that weekend. And you know, he was made to feel part of the team, and he actually plays a bit of um, midweek cricket for us now with with the, with the permission of of Coton. Um, who we have, we have obviously have a, a close link with anyway. But this year it has been extended to adults as well. So um, anyone can, if they're not playing for their club, can now go and help out another club. Um, there are a few rules um, and provisos around that. Um, has to be has to be agreed by Friday for it to to go through. You can't. It can't be can't be arranged on a Saturday morning. Um, and additionally, if there is a club that you know get called, their game gets called off on Saturday. Um, the, all the players from that club can't then go and play against, or even if it gets called off on a Friday, um, Friday night, those players can't all go and then play for other clubs um, because it would be unfair. So in the in the event where a team gets their game called off, um, if there's if they've had loan players who've gone out prior to Wednesday and agreed prior to Wednesday and the league's aware, then they can still go ahead. But anyone else, if that team, they, they would, you know, it, the, the Friday rule jumps back to Wednesday when, when the club obviously doesn't play their game. Um, it is limited to three players per team um, and Sunday players. So, so teams with Sunday, you know, Sunday players who play on a Sunday, can play on a Saturday and then go back and play for their own club on a, on a Sunday. Um, but unfortunately, it doesn't work the other way. Um, Sunday Sunday leagues can't loan players in. Um, so there, there, is, there obviously are a few rules and it's trying to... There's always going to be people that are going to try and abuse the system to an extent and the, le- the rules have been put in to try and avoid that as much as possible. Um, and ultimately... Um, you know, the league themselves have said if if anyone is seen to be uh, abusing this, then 
that they have the final say and and you know punishment can be made for teams that, that abuse it's there to it's there to promote cricket and make sure as many people are playing cricket as possible and yeah. you know and as many teams are playing with players as possible it's not there to so um so there's no is there any rule in regards to playing in the same division or nope no there's no, nothing wrong that. it's just literally you know um it, it can't be done in the top divisions so it is only in in the lower divisions i think okay so that's where where's that where's that starting from so you can't so some div five team can't just um, hire in some random premier league player yeah, no, so premier division player yeah, it's division, it's division. The players can only play four Division Three team and below, um, you know. And if yeah, and th- this should be for players who genuinely aren't getting a game for their own club on a Saturday, not not your um, overseas pro who can't play. Yeah, um, away division four and below, and and um, it rocks up playing for uh, some lower league team and uh, ruins the game. It's all about. It's not. You know, it's not there to for one player to come and dominate a game it's there to support clubs and support players in playing cricket and that's what we're all about at the end of the day is getting on the park and playing a bit of cricket yeah that sounds very interesting it's going to be interesting to see how that pans out throughout the season and that talking of the season here we go and it's the big pre-season preview going all the way through all the sides all the divisions from division four to seven here we go here's our first division we start with our first division of the cow corner extra show pre-season preview and where better to start than division six so in division six in 2022 we've got beacon second 11 bowman heath second 11 chirk second 11 column second 11 corvedale first 11 coton hall first 11 kund second 11 lillishall second 11 ludlow third 11 montgomery second 11 Quat third eleven and Willie second eleven. So, guys, initial thoughts about that division? I think it's going to be a really good division. It's going to be very competitive. There are a lot of very even teams in there. Um, obviously, four teams promoted from Division Seven, uh, which is uh, very interesting. Ludlow, Quat thirds, and Chirk, and also Corvdale coming up as champions which will be very, very interesting. Um, and then obviously you've got the two teams that were relegated uh, from Division 5, which was um, Beacon Seconds and, of course, Willie Seconds. And then you've also got a new addition there, uh, which is uh, come up from the Sunday League, which is Column Seconds. I think that's going to be really interesting how, how they're going to perform in that division because um, I think they thought they were going to come into Division 7 initially. And they've been promoted into division because they did so well in the Sunday League. They've been promoted into uh, Division Six, controversially, I think. And um, it'll be interesting how they go because obviously they won't have the benefit of having those first team players playing for them on a Sunday as well as as, as well as playing on a Saturday for their first team. They've got to actually 
put together a, a, a full team of Saturday players from their seconds and from new recruits and what have you. So that's going to be quite interesting to see how they bed in. So, Ian, Corvdale promoted back into Division 6. Your thoughts looking at this division? Yeah, I, I agree with Slats. I think it's going to be a very uh, interesting division. We, you know, hopefully we'll be uh, in the business end of the of the league uh, for most of the season. Um, I agree. I don't know why Colm, I was going to ask the question why Colm were put into Division 6 as opposed to Division 7. And maybe Slats or Ollie know um, from their committee insiders. Um, all I can tell you is uh, in terms of I think Colm actually thought they were going to be put into Division 7 as well um, um, and they were quite surprised they were put into Division um, 6 it was based on their performance in the Sundays and you know the club moving forward I think the decision was made by the subcommittee as far as that was concerned they looked at all the evidence as far as that was concerned they had nothing from Colm until it was too late when Colm sort of said, I think Colm sort of said, oh, actually, we thought we'd go into divisions. Well, unfortunately, guys, you know, decisions will be made now. So it'll be interesting. I think, look, Colm are a club, you know, I know a lot of their first team played against them for a couple of years. And, you know, they're a club that's progressing, going places. You know, they've had back to, the first team have had back-to-back uh, promotions. So they are a growing club. Um, I, you know, I have no concerns about them putting 11 out for their seconds every week. It's just how strong that 11 will be will be the interesting bit. Um, also, in that division, I think there was a bit of a, an issue in that they, from so from the from Division 7, they, they did promote Chirk second, who finished fifth, yeah. um, but couldn't promote Lillishaw thirds, who finished third in that division. So yeah. they need, because Lillishaw seconds are in, in that division, so they couldn't promote. So I think they had a bit of an issue in that, from from how I see it, I'm not privy to to the, any of those discussions. But from how I see it, is that they needed someone, and they perhaps felt that Colm, on the showing that like like has been said on the showing that they've had in in the last season, is that they were probably good enough to go in that division. You know, had Lillishall thirds been able to be promoted, maybe they might have left Colm in Division Seven. But yeah, that's a good point. I do think as well, a, a very good thing is that obviously, I know we're talking about Division 6, but the fact that four teams have gone up and Division 7 is now a normal 12-team uh, division is very good that everybody plays everybody home and away. So everybody's got a proper yeah. season. Well, Division I'm, 7 last year was a mess. Yeah, well, I was going to say the same thing that you know all divisions now are 12-team 12, 12 divisions because um, there are a few... 11 divisions last year and well, division five and division six were both 11 11 yeah. team divisions last year i think I think now to have seven divisions that are all 12 teams is just is just great and you know it's got it's got to be the right yeah. way of doing things for me i think yeah. so and that, i mean i to be honest with you the subcommittee have a very difficult task sometimes and i think last year they had the situation where they had a number of clubs drop out because they had an eighth the plan was to have an, a division eight last year and because they'd had a few clubs drop out, they had to amalgamate it into one division, which meant it was a, a rump division where you had more teams than you could play each other twice each week. So they had to try to work something out. Um, and it's kind of worked in their favour this time with, um, I think, Hinstock uh, resigning from the league. And Mark and, Drayton. And Mark Drayton disappearing as well. 
has kind of and you know made that so it's enabled the numbers to actually match up better that you can have e equal divisions all the way through which is great but it's you know it's probably a fluke that it's happened that we're able to do it you know and uh, you know goodness knows what will happen next season if we have more teams coming in or some teams dropping out you just don't know what's going to happen okay so looking at the league who are you looking to be the contenders who who do, who do you would you say are going to be at the top end towards the end of the season uh, well, from my perspective, I think um, I think Beacon, in an 11-team division last year, finished uh, 10th and got relegated. And it was a tight, tight at the bottom of Division 5 last year. Uh, they got relegated. I think they're on their day, they can be a really strong side and beat most people. I think they'll be up there. I'd like to think that, you know, having recovered from the year immediately post-COVID that will be stronger, Willie, um, and we'll be up there challenging in, in you know, those top spots. Quad thirds, a lot of young lads in there, competitive, you know, the club as a whole is, is, is strong. So again, depends if any of those have moved up into the seconds, potentially, you don't know. So depends what they've got coming through. They could be up there as well. Um, but you, you can't dismiss Corvedale. Uh, if, if I do that, I'll just get berated in the first game of the season. Um, so, you know, I'd expect them to, on a high from win, winning the Division 7 last year, that they would want to continue that through and, and be pushing. Um, but it's one of those divisions that you just, there's so many equal teams in there. You're not going to know until you get halfway through and have an idea of how people, what people's form's like. Okay. Who, who would you say are our standout players? Who are people that we're going to have to look out for this season in 2022? Uh, again, I think um, in terms of people like Beacon, um, Bryn Little brings a lot to the, the plate, both in bat and ball. Um, uh, in terms of quad thirds, I'll be honest with you, I don't know an awful lot about quad thirds in terms of who those players are, but Rich Barge playing in Lillishall seconds. <laughs> I have to mention Richard as he's our sponsor for the, uh, the the KO competitions. Um, but, you know, he got a lot of runs last year in Division 7 and, you know, looked to be playing at a standard that was too low for him, to be honest with you. And I think, you know, he gets in, he will get a lot of runs this year as well. Um, but, you know, and also, you've got Simon Millington, who hits the ball hard, you know, left-handed opener, who will, you know, make a lot of runs if he gets in, he gets going. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't score uh, low scores generally. I mean, um, I work in Newport and the word on the street, if I dare say that, um, locally is that Lillishall are shaping up quite quite well this year. And I think they're they're backing themselves to, to do pretty well in that division this year. Um, again, I don't know many of the, the players themselves, but that is sort of the the rumour locally that I hear is that they're, 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 they're going to have a, they're hoping to have a good title push this season. Do you think well, there'll be a... Do you think, yeah, sorry, go for it. In. Sorry, James. Um, Lillishaw thirds were strong last year and really they were one of the better teams we played against through the season and, and on form they should have gone up. Obviously, because of their twos, they couldn't. So I'm, I'm thinking Robert Bagshaw got a lot of wickets for him last year. You know, yeah. I think Lillishaw twos are going to be a, a, a strong contender. Um from, from our point of view at Corvedale, obviously Adam Williams had a great season last year for us and um, he's keen to play again this year. And also we have made a sign-in from Ludlow, Luke Hicks. And I think in Division 6, he's going to be a big player. 
Yeah, I think they're going to be some good teams, and like you said, it's going to be quite. It's going to be quite even. Do you think there'll be a side that will uh, surprise many this season? With uh, how well they'll do or how bad they may do. Well, you look at you look at Montgomery, for example. They should. I mean, they should have done. You know, in my view, they finished ninth last year in Division Six, and you know, having got having been relegated the year before, or rather, in twenty nineteen, they got relegated. You know, they're a much better side than ninth, in my view, in terms of knowing the club. And I think, you know, um, it might just be that the young lads have progressed into the first and they need some more young lads coming through, perhaps. But um, one of the person I would mention as well is Ross Mantle at Corvdale, because, you know, on his day, he can change a game. Do you... Quite right. Quite right. So looking again uh, back at the league, obviously, Bomir, their first 11 have recruited quite well this season, which can only strengthen their second 11. And do we do we look at people like Coton Hall being first 11s, having that advantage of being the first 11 in regards to their chances of pushing up the table and being at the higher echelons, given that they've got the first pick of the main players compared to with second 11s? Obviously, it all depends on availability in the ones generally for most outsides. I, I personally think that where it is, you know, some of those first teams, they are, it's not, they, yeah, they're a first team, but they are also the only team. Mm. Um, so sometimes for those only team, you know, one team clubs, is it sometimes it's about making sure you can get 11 players on the field first and foremost. Um, Coton Hall, obviously, I know quite well. Um, and <clears throat> I think on their day, they can give you know, a good number of teams a run for their money if they can get. The players in the park. Um, Alex Cabman, for example, he's a, he's a very very good batsman and could play a number of divisions higher. Um, and they've got some some good youth coming through. We we've actually netted with them um, over the last um, few weeks, and um, yeah, they've got some some young young lads that that, that yeah, shut the ball down pretty pretty sharp, but need need a bit of experience and knowing exactly what to do with it. Um, but you know that that will come with with game experience. So I think. And there's one or two players that have been on the periphery or been injured and not been able to play for them. And I think if they can get them all back on the park, then potentially, you know, they could they could be upper half of the table quite quite easily. Okay, so quickly going round the Zoom, who are your choice for the victors this year? Who are going to be champions? And we'll start with Ollie. Um, Lillishaw. Ian? I'm just going to do a Glenn McGrath here, yeah? you know. I'm not going to back anybody else. You're going to go the season unbeaten? I wouldn't say we'll go the season unbeaten, but I'm just saying we'll be up there. <laughs> Fantastic. And Slats? Hard to look past Lillishaw, uh, you know, in terms of what they've got, in terms of batting, and they've got young lads coming through bowling, you say Robbie Bagshaw as well. Um, yeah, I, I would say probably Lillishaw. Thank you very much, guys. So let's move ourselves on to the next division. So we move on to Division 5, and in Division 5 in 2022, we start off with Alberbury Cricket Club, second level, top of the table. Let's just, shall we just end the season here, guys? Um, and uh, second, we've got All Scott Heath, second 11, Church Stretton, first 11, Iscoid and Fens Bank, first 11, Knocking and Kinnerly, second 11, Planid Lois, the Hipster's Choice, first 11, Much Wenlock, first 11, 
Newtown second 11, Shrewsbury third 11, St George's third 11, Wellington fourth 11 and Whitchurch second 11. Now, first of all, must I, might I say what a fantastic selection of cricket grounds there are to play at this season in Division 5. And I'll be, I'll be playing in it this year, uh, which I'll be quite looking forward to having had a year off. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it looks like an interesting division and very much like the one that we were speaking about earlier. From my outside looking in, I, I know my, from what I can only go off is kind of my previous experience of Division 5 and sides I played against a few years ago. You know, it looks like it could be a tight division. Um, what are your thoughts, Slats, of someone who's played in this division last year? Uh, yeah, look, I mean, obviously there's, there's, there's big changes with four teams being promoted from um, Division 6, which makes a, a big change. But I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find it really hard to look past Whitchurch seconds um, in terms of being up there at the top end of the division. Uh, it depends how they travel. At home, they're, they're, they're very strong. Uh, I mean, played them twice last year. Um, you know, we had a losing draw at, at um, Heath Road, and uh, but we beat them at our place because they didn't. They don't travel well. They, they tend to have a lot of youngsters travelling and what have you. It's quite interesting, and it's, that's what probably cost them. The you know, winning the league, they only missed out by twenty points. They finished third last year, twenty points adrift uh, of the top two. Um, but I think they they've strengthened. I think Eddie Lewis has come back. Um, he played against us second game of the season, got a ton and looked good getting it. And they went to Shrewsbury and they've come back again. So, yeah. um, you know, it's they're going to be strong. There's no doubt about that. They're going to be strong. I think Fens Bank, Fens are a good side on their day. It depends on what level they get on the park, but, you know, they should be doing. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Well, in Division 5, you know, I played against some years ago in Division 3. And Division, you know, it's, it's, it's that sort of thing. Wellington Force will be strong. Um, allegedly, Olvery will be strong. But, you know, we don't, we don't know these things. It's, you know, if they're busy turning the hay and stuff like that on match days, you know. <laughs> A lot, of um, wedding, a lot of weddings this year, which I'm going to have to, uh, you know, put yeah, up with both sounds of it. Ulsk at seconds, who, who won Division 6 last year, you know, Ulsk mm. are a club that are going places. They want to be, a, they want to have a stronger second team yeah. to get closer to their first during the prep. So, you know, they've got some good players there and I think they'll they'll progress. So they'll be up, up there, they'll be there and thereabouts, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. They, they, well, obviously they've publicly stated on on uh, on a certain podcast that James knows too well, um, that they that they want to bring their second team closer to their first team. So 
hopefully, you know, they can they can back that up with some performances and yeah, and and see them climb through the leagues because like we've discussed, there are a few clubs that have got second teams that are a long way away from their from their uh, from their first teams. Debatable. Well, I mean, I mean, they can they can drop points at Pecknell Farm, but um... well, yeah, with the exception <laughs> of uh, Olvery. I think I think all good, but bear in mind what's going on at the club. You know, the the plans to have you know all, everything, all this money spent and, and new clubhouse and everything else this year. Um, you know, they they're a club going places. I think they'll be strong. I think I think you look at the top two who come up from Division Six this season. Well, actually, you know, I say I say that, but then also I think you know Shrewsbury have come up. They've been a side who have been up there thereabouts. They've got some good players on their day, and depending on availability, availability. in the top two sides, you know, they can have some fantastic players. I think Lanny on the fact that they're going to be a hard team to travel to. They're going to pick up a lot of points, and that you know they're. They're a good side, and I, I think they're going to be they're going to be a hard team to beat. And like you said, I think Old Scott Heath. I think Old Scott, you know, like we've said, ambitions of going up the leagues, and with their first eleven strengthening, it's only going to improve their second eleven, and they're going to be want to be up there, and they're going to push on. And like they said, they, there are a lot of teams who have got momentum across. Um, across all of their sides and they seem to all, you know, you don't see many sides have one team get promoted and the rest do really badly. It's, you know, you see generally most clubs, all three kind of moving in the same direction. And I could see that with all Scott, you know, they're, they're, a, they're a club that's constantly improving and getting better. But like you said, Slats, I can't see too much further than Whitchurch. I think they've got to be the favourites. I think they... They were the highest. They were the highest of the also runs last season. They've been there and thereabouts. They definitely got the players. Um, you know, you, they've got players who, if they're coming down from their ones, they're playing prem cricket, and yeah, they're a, a good, a good, a good standard, a good standard of prem cricketer. And they've got some good youth players, and they're all coming through. And, I and think the captain knits it all together. You know, yeah, I, you know, I would, I'd also say, you know, fans like. You know, I, if they can get there, it goes across for everyone. You know, they should they have got relegated last season. They've got players who shouldn't be playing in Division Five, and they're going to be. Some of them are going to probably be too good for the opposition that they come against, and that may just be enough um, to get them straight back up in the second time of asking. And you know, then you've also you know you got your St George's third eleven if they're you know they're ones. <laughs> are going to be recruiting, their twos are going to get better, which is going to push people into their thirds. And I've seen players who are playing for their thirds last season who were, in the not-too-distant past, were playing for their second eleven. So, you know, they are getting stronger. They're going to be they're going Start to be up there. And I'm basically going through everyone here. You know, no, Wellington, George, Wellington. George's, George's as a club last year had a great season. The first did well, the seconds did well, and the thirds did well. Yeah. I think St. George's are going to be strong again. Yeah. And the other team we haven't mentioned are Wenlock, you know, in that mm. division. And they probably underperformed a bit last year. Um, they've got a they've got a couple of very good, they've got a couple of very good players and they've got they you know well, they've, they've got, got a couple uh, to be fair they've got some fantastic Mark Brown um, you know with the bat last year he was you know he, he scored tons he scored a ton against us second to last game of the season and you know again looked effortless um, scored a, a big ton at Whitchurch 
to, to beat Whitchurch at Whitchurch. He scored a big ton there, which is no mean feat. Um, but again, they've got Dan Searle, Ed Myers. There's, there's a number of players within that team. Mm. Got some tight bowing as well. They, on their day, again, it's just getting the right people on the park and performing. Yeah. It's like all of us. We, you know, we all yeah. we all have that. But yeah, I think it's going to be, a, again, it's going to be a, a damn tight division. And you talk, you, yeah, you talk about Wenlock, you know, and they've got, you know, batsmen win games, the bowlers going to win you the championships. And, you know, they've got Dave Arnold, Andrew yeah. Marlowe, Oliver Piggott, who are fantastic fantastic bowlers and that's going to make a big difference if you're going to have three or four three players who are going to get 15 to 20 odd 30 odd wickets a season that's that's going to be a massive difference ollie ollie is sharp uh and he's tall and you'll get back left armor going across you it's he's he's going to be tough to play against for many for many players and whilst you know he may not he may not have got the wickets of the other two you know, he's econ and the amount of runs that get scored off him, probably very minimal. Obviously, I only see him when he plays against us and really impressed me. So, yeah, not that Dave that means Arnold, anything. Dave Arnold, Andrew Marlowe, you mentioned, um, they, yeah, they put it on the spot. They don't give you much. Um, and that's, yeah, that's, that's you know, a big thing, especially win-lose cricket. They don't give away runs. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I worry for the likes of Church Threaten a little bit, um, but they've got a, a lot of young lads coming through. And some old wise heads there as well. Um, uh, but, you know, you see them, Newtown seconds, I think, you know, they struggled a bit last year. I think they might struggle a bit this year as well. And, you know, that's just, um, you know, happily, happy for them to prove me wrong. But yeah. uh, I think yeah. that's going to be interesting. I was, surprised Ed, I was surprised Ed Green didn't uh, get more wickets than he did last season. But then obviously only bowling 32 overs. You know, he, he, if yeah, if he if he has more of an influence to the ball, I think that that, that mm-hmm. Church Stretton could be a, a very good side moving into this year. But yeah, it's I think it's all to play for. Same with Alberbury. I think if we get our best side out consistently, why can't we be up there? And it's kind of like what you said, Slats. It's going to be a case of let's see how we are in the middle of the season. <laughs> and I know that's a terrible thing to say on a preseason, but I I genuinely think out of the twelve sides, I think anyone could end up in this top top three yeah. and okay. i think anyone I mean, could anyone I, I could be in the bottom three i could i you know there may be two sides that pull away from it but i think everyone else is going to be much of a muchness well wellington force again could be very very strong mm. you know we played them uh, and they looked a million dollars and they got a lot they got players have been playing their seconds were playing in their fourths and they you know they hammered us at their place um we didn't play at our place to the web but Again, and Lan, I took Lan win last year, and they were flying, and then they fell away a little bit. So it's yeah. So yeah, I think with the division, it's 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 finally balanced, and like we said, I think anyone anyone can be up there. You know, knocking and Kinnerly, you know, they've got the potential to be up there, and you know, their first team doing well last season, that's going to be of a bonus to them. And um, yeah, Wellington, good side, and Ollie, what are your thoughts on Division Five? Yeah, I mean, obviously played Fensbank for years and years. Um, we're actually playing a friendly against them in a couple of weeks. Um, and it's sad to see that they've they've obviously got relegated from Division 4 and very much echo your points from earlier, James, and that um, they probably shouldn't have got relegated. It's just been a, all about availability for them, I think, and hope to see them bounce back quickly. Um, but in that division, for me, I can't really look past 
the Whitchurch and, and the Wellington sides. Um, Whitchurch, I know, have taken a bit of exception to this podcast and are suggesting that they don't travel well. Um, but I think that's down to them to prove why um, going forward. Um, Wellington, Welling, well, Wellington Force are actually the, they're the only team in their club. Well, they've got a bit of a points proof because Wellington Ones are in the Premier and arguably they can get promoted. But Wellington Twos are in Division One. They can't get promoted while Wellington Ones are in the Prem. Division Two, you've got Wellington Thirds now. Um, Sunday Division One, Wellington Fifth. So they're as high as they can go. So Wellington Fourths are the only team within Wellington Cricket Club that realistically can get promoted um, without, without Wellington Thirds winning the winning um, the playoffs. Yeah. So. Uh, be interesting to see what they can do, but I think I think those two t- those two teams, Whitchurch and Wellington, will be the ones to watch in in that division. Ian Alderson, um, I I'm going to go I'm going to go with Alderbury. I, I think they're going to be the team to watch. Hey, they've got a very good captain over her. <laughs> Absolutely, Cutting his teeth in Division Five, in Division uh, Five, so. Uh, yeah, so there'll be a coup uh, after I'm, the second I'm, I'm game. In, stick, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick my neck out from them others and go with Alderbury. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh dear! You right, Slats? Stop, stop kissing at E. That's not good. <laughs> no, it's no, it's going to be an interesting season. Uh, I hope. I'd, I'd love to say that we'd, we'd uh, win it. I mean, every captain wants their side to go and win it. I think just an improvement on last season would be uh, would be the aim, really. But yeah, if we get our first side out, why not? Let's go for it. But yeah, I think there are a lot of good sides out there and it's going to be a really hard division. But um, yeah, so moving, well, going around the Zoom, one team, who are your predictions for victors this year? And we'll start with uh, Ian Alderson. Alderbury. Slats. Whitchurch seconds. Ollie. Whitchurch seconds. Fantastic. I also think Whitchurch, so I will mix it up and we'll go for, I'll go for Shrewsbury third 11. There we go. Okay, great stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Of course I think Alderbury, but I'm not going to say that on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, a very good. It's actually a very good division for Oliver, very uh, travelling wise. You're pretty much in the middle of all those teams, James. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, well, except Lanny, but I mean, well, we're closer. We're closer than most. We're closer than most. Yeah. Just going to get a minibus down there, and uh, we'll just have a fun time. Anyway, let's move ourselves on to the next division. Okay, and let's move ourselves on to the next division and Division Seven. So in Division 7 in 2022, we've got Old Brighton, second 11, Old Scott Heath, third 11, Beacon, third 11, Kai Glass, second 11, Condover, second 11, Ellesmere, second 11, Forton, second 11, Harcourt, first 11, Lillishall, third 11, Pontsbury, second 11, Keyside, first 11, and Welshpool, second 11. So initial thoughts looking at that division. I think um, this year it's going to be a fantastic division. After the mess it was last year with the little sub-leagues and playing a lot of teams once, um, 
I have spoken to a few people because obviously we were in Division 7 last year and there is going to be a huge emphasis on youth in Division 7. Um, uh, there's a lot of teams that come back to me and several of them haven't made a lot of new signings, but they have all um, got some young girls and boys who are starting to play cricket and who they uh, who they. Um, I think are, are very good enough. Um, I've spoken to Gray at Condover, our favourite Aussie, and um, he's got a superb um, leg spinner. Uh, Rowan Cresswell, he thinks we should keep an eye on. He said he's going to be a real talent. Um, but he's got two or three lads, um, uh, Sam Love, Lucas Ridgeway and Tom Farrow. He thinks they're, he's going to have a good season with them and they're disappointed with how they did last year. They're ones of strength and because Condover ones had a good season and um, Gray's opened up a great season there. I uh, spoke to Dan at Beacon as well. Um, they haven't made any sign-ins, but he's got a lot of young lads who are um, and girls who are coming through. Dax Hardman, who played against us last year, was a superb little batsman and bowler. He's moved up to the twos and he's going to be wicketkeeper bat for them. But... Uh, They've got four or five more lads, he said, that will step up into the threes this season. And he's hoping that they're going to sort of do what Dax did last year. Um, Little Shaw, threes, they're, they've said they've had a very quiet winter. Um, they're hoping uh, that their ones and twos um, uh, don't take all their players. But Steve Bowen is expecting a, a pretty steady season uh, this year. And I spoke to Wilfred Albrighton. And again, they're going with youngsters. Um, he's also he's got a couple of um, girls, Esther Hooford and uh, Ella Jones, who opened the batting and the bowling for um, Shropshire under 16s. And um, he's he said, watch out for them. So it is very much a a youthful Division Seven, I think. Yeah, that sounds great, especially great to hear some young girls uh, coming up and sounding like they're making waves in Division 7. So, Ollie, your thoughts on Division 7 uh, from your outside looking in? Yeah, obviously, from outside looking in, as, as you say, um, and, you know, it's, it's really encouraging to hear what Ian's just said. You know, these lower divisions, they are all about getting people playing cricket. Um you need those old heads in there, those experienced um, campaigners that have been there and done it multiple times and to, to pass on that experience and what to do in certain game situations and how to deal with disappointment and how to deal with, you know, the, op the opposite. Um, it's, it's really, it's really encouraging to see and hopefully, you know, there'll be, a, it'll be a really competitive division. I can't talk a lot about individual teams Um it's hard to look past Liddershaw thirds in that division, considering you know they finished third last year and the two teams above them, the two teams below them have, have been promoted. Obviously, they can't, as we've discussed earlier. Um, so it'd be good to see them them do well, and hopefully Liddershaw do well in the in the division above, and they can be rewarded for for a good season. I agree. Slats. Yeah, again, it's going to be a competitive division. See what happens. I think Lillishall Thirds, as you said, will be strong. Um, Ollie, and I think um, they'll certainly be up there. Um, Condover seconds. Uh, good to see there's there's life in there. And uh, yeah, Graham, Graham Hughes, 
he's competitive as ever and um, you know he'll be uh, bringing on the youth and getting stuck in I think uh, he's keen to make a difference after last season as well and um, I think he's young lad's a decent cricketer as well so I think he'll come on too um, Olsker Heath thirds again it's a club that's strengthening as we've already talked about I think they'll probably be there and thereabouts. It'd be interesting how Harcourt do in that division because that's probably the lowest they've been, crikey, since well, you know, whenever. You know, they're, uh, and again, they're a singleton team, uh, one of the stalwarts of the league. And uh, it'd be nice to see them have a decent season. Um, Welsh Pool probably should do better, you know, do better than they did, um, finishing sixth last year. Um, but I still think, yeah, it's hard to look past the initial thirds. Um, or Brighton seconds again. If their first is strengthened, then they could be a di- uh, you know a different kettle of fish in that division as well. Um, and you know, uh, other than that, you know, there's teams in there that I've, I've never played against. Keyside, I've never played against Keyside. I know Dicky Spry pretty well. Went to school with him, and you know, I think they they'll be as competitive. They play with smiles on their faces and enjoy their cricket. And that's that's you know that's the way it should be. Um, it's the way we, we like to play it, but we want to win every game. Um, so you look out, Mr. Alderson, first game of the season, we'll see what happens. <laughs> I think the other team, Ponsbury, they'll be looking to bounce back. Um, they had a very poor season last season, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I don't think they'll like being in Division 7. I think they'll want to just try and prove a point and show everybody that they're a better team than the, their performances last year. They are, and they're they're another one of these sides who their first eleven has struggled for availability, which has meant that a lot of second team players have found themselves playing first team cricket. And mm. if 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 eventually those you know their first team get that availability, then that's only going to make their second eleven stronger from the experiences that they've had. But it should mean that their second eleven start moving up the league. But you never know with this their first eleven being in Division Two, with you know changes in start times and things like this and our first proper non-COVID year-ish you know kind of you know what I mean um, maybe that will see an increase in you know availability and players yeah. like Matt Hartshorn coming back to the first 11 only gonna improve their first 11 and get more players from Ponsby coming out the woodwork to want to play for them so hopefully that will uh, push on their second 11 as well anyway guys in this division who who are our ones to watch out for who are our players to watch out for well, I mean, I've, I've I mentioned a few names uh, in my rundown of the division of the the captains who got back in touch with me. Um, I think definitely um, All Brighton's two girls, opening bowler and opening batsman, uh, Esther Huford and, and Ellie Jones, are definitely two to look out for going forward. And obviously, Graham Hughes thinks a hell of a lot of Rowan Cresswell, his leg spinner at at Condover. Um, so uh, I think they're definitely ones to watch. Fantastic. And going around the Zoom, who are our picks for the champions of Division 7? And this time we'll start with Slats. Uh, it's hard to look past the initial thirds. I think you know, they finished um, third last year in this division. And uh, as a club, the initial is strengthening. So, yeah, I can't see much past that, to be honest. Ian? Uh I agree with Slats, but I don't want to say on the podcast that uh, oh, agree right. with him much. So I'm going to go with Ponsbury twos. And Ollie? 
<laughs> yeah, hate to agree with Slats. I think we've agreed on every every division so far, but yeah, little short thirds for me. Great stuff. A little short thirds. Congratulations, you've won. <laughs> we all know it's never as simple as that, don't we? <laughs> no, and uh, we'll move ourselves on to our final division. So, moving on from our conversation off air from all the players <laughs> who chuck it in the Shropshire League, um, <laughs> we move ourselves on to Division Four. And in Division Four in 2022, we've got Acton Reynolds first eleven. Bishop's Castle, 1st 11, Bridge North, 3rd 11, Brosley, 1st 11, Kai Glass, 1st 11, Calverhall, 1st 11, Colin, 1st 11, Condover, 1st 11, Frankton, 2nd 11, Gillsfield, 1st 11, Hodnett and Peplow, 1st 11, and Wheaton, Aston, 1st 11. So what a division this looks this year. And good to see a lot of 1st Divisions and a lot of big, strong sides and up-and-coming sides in here this year. Ollie, what are your initial thoughts on Division 4 this year? Um, I think it's going to be a very competitive division again. Last year, we I think there was 40, 50 points between 3rd and 11th um, overall. You know, and that just, um, just goes to show how close it was. Everyone could beat everyone, with the exception of, obviously, Quat um, last year, who were far and away the best team in that division um, and proved rightly so, that they should never have been put in that division in the first place. Um, everyone could be everyone. And and again, it's a lot around um, certain players in the division who were you know, far and away standout players. Um, and if it wasn't that, it was about teams being able to get 11 players consistently on the park. It's going to be really interesting to see um, Frankton back well not back in the division but in the division and Wheaton Aston um it's been a few years since they were in division four um Frankton we did play they played in our little mini league in um the half season and we had some good games against them so looking forward to uh playing them again um it'll also be interesting to see how Gillsfield and Colum fare um having come up um from having a very good season in division five last year and hopefully they can mix it and it mix in with uh, the, the rest of the teams in Division 4. Like I said, everyone is very um, competitive in that division and I, I think it'll be very close as to who, uh, where people finish in that division. Um, you look at the likes of um, Condover, who I think are going to be up there again, um, led by Charlie Rogers and Robbie Barker. Um, and if they've if they've strengthened and had a couple of extra players in, um, you know they're all good players. But obviously those, those couple of guys are stand out. Um, Owes Abdul, if he's playing again at Hodnet, he's going to have he's going to have a big say in things. Um, you know ourselves, you know we have um, strengthened a little bit. A um, couple of players coming back who've not played as much in in the last season or two. Um, but with us again, it's it's all about availability. A lot of farmers in the club. There's a lot of weddings in the club, or friends of, um, or the people in the club are going to weddings. So, again, it's about availability. Um, Acton Reynolds have uh, done well over the last couple of years. Um, there the might be heard a bit of a whisper that the they might have had a couple of players or one or two players that leave and uh, gone elsewhere. So it'll be interesting to see how they rock up. But 
they've still got um, some quality players in the likes of Ian Fox and A.D. Hudson and a few of the other guys there. Um, you know, seasoned performers, score a lot of runs, take a lot of wickets up year on year. Um, and Rosalie will be hoping to do a lot better than, than they did last year. Um, probably underperformed throughout the season. Um, we, we had, again, we had a couple of very good games against them away, home and away, uh, very enjoyable games. Um, so we'll be looking to, um, I'm sure they'll be looking to finish much higher in the table than than 10th where they finished last year. Kai Glass are another team. Um, I think a lot of years they've been, everyone's picked to go down, but they, they keep um, proving everyone wrong. Uh, some Again, some good players there. Um, if they can get, uh, excuse me for if I get his name wrong, but I think they call him Rishi, the Sri Lankan. If, if he turns up, um, he makes a big difference to their team. Um, I think he played five games last year. Fortunately, two of them were against Calvary Hall and he made a big difference in those games. Um, Bridge North Thirds, a lot of good young players in that team. Um, they don't particularly rely on any one player. They're more of a, a good team unit. And, you know, as, as those players get older and stronger and more experienced, I can see them working their way up, working their way up the table and, and um, proving to be a very good um, team. Um, Bishop's Castle didn't, don't think we played them last year or uh, I know we definitely didn't go to their place and I can't remember if we played them at our place or not. Um, so it'd be interesting to see uh, again how, how they they rock up. Um, obviously voted the uh, most picturesque ground in the Shropshire League. So it'd be uh, nice to get there again this year. They were indeed. That seems uh, ages ago now. <laughs> it, was, it was a long time ago. Um, Gillsfields are going to be a new place for me to go. Um, so look, be looking forward to uh, ticking another one off off the list. Um, and uh, that's another one off my list of, of Shropshire cricket grounds played at. So uh, and and obviously Column, you know they they've come up. You know they they've, they've worked their way up through the leagues over the last few years since they've reformed from. The, the days of their mergers with uh, Roxeter and and Grove days, and so it'd be, it's good to see them coming back through the leagues, and it'd be interesting to see some 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 good, good games with them. I think the key in this division is that it is going to be a competitive division, but what is really important is that that the games are played in the right spirit. Um, you know, everyone appreciates that there's a lot of effort goes into by a lot of people to get these games on. And we just need to, as players, we need to make sure that we're you know, playing the game in the right spirit and enjoying the game of cricket. Because ultimately, in, in at this level, that's what we're that's what we're there for. That's what we we we're not playing cricket to play at the highest possible level we can in Division Four. So one or two players, it's it's a stepping stone for them. But the majority of players in that division, they're there because they enjoy playing cricket at the weekends, not because it's a uh, it's a, the be all and end all. So that that for me, that's the, the big thing that needs to come out this year is that everyone plays in the right spirit. It's enjoyed, and um, we have a few beers after the game and talk about what a great game of cricket we've had. Right, right, mm. indeed. So, guys, around the table, your, your thoughts? Um, well, it's a bit eye for me. I'd have a nosebleed if I was that eye. So <laughs> I'm going to let Slats chat. <laughs> First time, first for everything, isn't it, Um 
yeah, look, I mean, in terms of the sides in there, some players to watch out for, Bishop's Castle, Tom Mulder with the ball and also with the bat um, can change a game. Heard a whisper that Brosley have re-signed Kelvin Rogerson uh, from Maidley, uh, which will be interesting. Um, again, it's further strengthening them. And I think, as you said, you said, Ollie, they finished in, well, they finished last year 10th. The aims have finished a lot higher this year. Um, so, uh, yeah, that'll, that'll be interesting. In terms of Column, I can talk about Column and Gillsfield. I haven't played them both last year. Column are going from strength to strength. Uh, good bunch of lads there. Have plenty of options. Um, ben Tipton is their captain, pulls it all together. Uh, they've got some really good players in there who can make a, bit, a big difference. Um, Brendan Ferry, for example, uh, both with spin, but also hits the ball a long way. Um, but they've got some good young lads there as well coming through. Uh, John Yardley, uh, particularly with the ball, will be interesting. Um, and Gillsfield, um, again, they've got a lot of players who put it on the spot. They like to give it a biff. Uh, Martin Owen went there from Harcourt, um, but also Steve Griffiths went there from Shelton. Um, played, both played there last year and, and had good seasons. So, you know, they'll be interesting. They'll be competitive in this league. It'll be interesting how, to see how they step up. Um, Frankton, I think, should be there and thereabouts. It's hard to look too much past them. Um, but I also see Kondo being near the top as well. Um, as, as Ollie said, you know, uh, Robbie Barker, Charlie Rogers particularly, you know, he could have moved on to play a, a bigger club if he wanted to. I think he's a, he's a Kondo lad, um, you know, from his dad and everything else that, you know, been with the club a long time. And I think he'll, yeah, he'll make a difference again this year and, and be pushing Condover up the um, up the leagues. They might even have uh, John Mansell Jr. back as well to play more, more games. And he's a decent cricketer, without a doubt. Yeah, I, I mean, for me, if I'm looking at it and thinking who are the teams are going to do well and who are going to struggle, um, I would say, I think Kai Glass might, might find it very difficult this year. And um, I know a lot of lads there, but they might find it. Rushi is the man you think. I think you were talking about um, Ollie, and yeah, he, he does make a difference. I think not the game, might... Gary Davis, either of course. Everyone's cool. Yeah. Gary yeah. Davis. Gary Davis. Yeah, He's definitely. Some, some um, yeah, and, and but Hodnett, I think might might find it a bit of a challenge, and I think Castle might might also find it a bit of a challenge. Mm. Um, but. As we said, with all the divisions, you just don't know, do you? <laughs> no. Not in everything they're getting out every week. And, you know, you sort of need to have a sort of a, a, mid, a mid-season sense check on this. Um, I'd be interested to see. I'd be, I'd be interested to see how Hodnick get on. And also, I think Bridge North, third 11 with their first 11, second 11s, strengthening. It's only going to have an positive impact. And they've got some good young players coming through as well. I think they'll probably, they could be there and thereabouts if, Again, that great thing of availability, really. And like you said, I, I'd be interested if Brosley are bringing back some of the players that they lost in previous seasons, they're going to be up there because I think that was a lot to do with why they didn't do as well last season is because they lost a few of their main players, you know. Um, but yeah, uh, it's, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting league. I think, you know, Reynolds, it'd be interesting to see what they do this season. Obviously, they've gone from two sides to one in not too distant past and yeah I you know I but I think I think Wheaton Aston will be my favourites to go out this year I think um, just going back to right at the start of the pod 
um, Ollie was on about teas. And if you only get one team, Ollie, to do you a tea away from oh, home, make sure it's Pollock. Okay. Oh, I thought you were about to say Frankton then. Make sure, make sure you get Jamie Yardley to do you a tea at Column because <laughs> I think it's the best tea ever. And that is why I am looking forward to playing Column Twos. I'm just praying that they ring me up and they say Jamie Yardley's putting on a tea because, <laughs> oh my word, it'll be worth going. If it's rained off, I'm going. <laughs> oh, put it this way put it this way you know, I bumped into Jamie in uh, in Sainsbury's a couple of weeks back and we had a bit of a chat about the cricket and everything else and he and I said I said to him I said which which side are you going to be turning out for this year Jamie he said what do you think I said great I'll see you in Division 6 kid <laughs> so I think you'll be playing you'll be playing as much as you can mate but yes but you, for tees you can't look too far past Frankton mate honestly I was going to say Frankton uh, got to be up there surely but uh, legend Tees that being said, I have played for Calverhall once and the uh, tea was exceptional. A fantastic spread. So uh, anyone who is going to come up against Calverhall, I very much encourage you to uh, ask them to put on a cricket tea because it will be very much well worth it. Right. So, guys, going around the table, what are our predictions? And we'll start with Slats. Uh, I think Condover are likely to win the division. Uh and I've got Frankton and Wheaton Aston also in that top three. Um, yeah, my top three are the same. Frankton, Wheaton Aston, Condover. And I'm going to back Nathan Whittingham's team at Wheaton Aston. Ian? I'm going to say Condover. Cool. I've said Wheaton Aston, but yeah, I think Condover will do well as well. I'd like, I'd like Condover to do well. They, 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 they played really well last year and they, they deserved to, to finish in the top two last year. Good luck to all the sides this season competing in 2022. We really hope that you all do well and that you all are winners. But unfortunately, cricket isn't like that and some of you will have to get relegated. So maybe next year. Anyway, I look forward to seeing how well our predictions go down and how much egg we have on our face. But let's take ourselves on to our final segment. And so ends another podcast. And once again, thank you very much for listening and for getting this far if you have again. Um, once again, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search for the Cow Corner Podcast or at Cow Corner Pod. And thank you very much, guys. And uh, very much look forward to having a podcast in the middle of the season this year. We will definitely have one, maybe in a couple months, uh, once we've got a better idea of what's happening in the league. But once again, thank you very much, Ian. Thank you very much indeed. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much, Slats. Always a pleasure, James. Enjoy it this evening. Thank you. Thank you very much, Ollie. Cheers, James. Cheers, guys. And thank you for listening. This has been another episode of the Cow Corner Extra Show. Until the next time, goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.